0: I'd play bars every single weekend, and I'd try to do these things, and then I've discovered YouTube and started taking Taylor Swift songs and making covers of them, and then taking hip-hop songs and making covers of them. People discovered who I was, and so um, went from like, you know, 100 followers to a couple hundred thousand to, you know, a million, and then moved to Los Angeles and tried to do it there, and it's I felt like it was always gonna end, so it was hustle, 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 and now it's like the standard of what music is now. It's like you have to be a content creator.
1: Hundreds of millions of views for his performances on YouTube, A champion for other songwriters as co founder of the Songhouse, Tyler Ward. This episode of Worldwide Celeb.
0: She's all over my social media, my TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, music from YouTube. Behind every internet famous face you see in your scroll is a real person with an entire life offline. Freedom of expression, these are their stories.
1: Hello and welcome to Worldwide Celeb, where we strip away the digital curtain and introduce you to the real people behind the personalities you see every day as you scroll through your feed, click around the internet, or even listen to your favorite podcast. My name is Chris Kelly. My guest this episode—I've actually known personally for close to twenty years, or twenty years or That's so. Wild, believe it or not, I first met him as the defending champion and host of a singing competition at the University of Northern Colorado, where I was judging the contest, and he had won the year prior, and after performing that night as a special guest, I was just blown away by his talent, but even more by his charisma as a performer. A quick conversation, little of this, little of that, led to him and a few others forming a band and playing a bunch of events for the radio station I programmed at the time, including a handful of opening gigs for artists like Gavin DeGraw or The Fray, even the Jonas Brothers, among others. From early on, I knew that he was destined to do some amazing things with music, and in fact, he has. As an OG YouTuber with a few million subscribers and hundreds of millions of views for his performances of creative and reimagined acoustic versions of popular songs, he's gone on to collaborate with hundreds of other songwriters over the years. He's taken that experience and recently parlayed it into co founding the Songhouse based in Nashville, which no doubt you've seen in your TikTok or Instagram feed. I am desperate to learn more about the ins and outs of that and cannot wait to catch up with him in general on a variety of his uh, adventures since we last spoke. In fact, we just connected and said, I'm going to hit record. We're not going to catch up before this because I want to document the whole thing. Tyler Ward, welcome to Worldwide Celeb. Wow. Chris Kelly.
0: I... (laughs) I don't even
1: know where to start, man. This is amazing. It has been uh, quite some time, I think, since you and I last spoke.
0: Chris Kelly is, to me, the uh, founder of talent in Colorado, when he was in Colorado. And he was the guy who you needed in your corner to champion you to say, hey, I think you got what it takes and because of him you were like my Simon Cow. honestly man this is I am supposed yeah.
1: to build up your ego in this podcast <laughs> not the
0: other way around and I appreciate
1: it but yeah
0: I think because of you I was able to get a taste of what I truly wanted to do and it was that it was that first gig that you're like hey man you mind opening for the fray <laughs> I was like uh, do I mind? Am I capable? You're like, I think you guys do that little rap thing. It's cool. And we it, just to give people listening an idea, it was taking a bunch of popular rap songs, put it together in a medley. Oh, he's that's like, right. He's like, do that thing. And I was like, perfect. So I did it and I was like, man, people love this. And yep. now I kind of want to do this for the rest of my life. So because of Chris Kelly, ladies and gentlemen, wow. I am... Where I am today. So, thank you for starting that journey. I'm being part of that. Totally flattered. However, yeah. before we really get into how great I am,
1: <laughs> let's uh, let's remind, uh, or, or I guess make the statement that in every episode, I give to our guest a secret word. It can be an ordinary word or something preposterous, but it's the guest's job to work that word into the conversations as many times as possible between now and the end of the episode. It's your job as a listener to try and figure out what the word is and tweet it to us at Podcast. There are no prizes. You don't win anything. It's just <laughs> stupid fun. Tyler has been given his secret word off the air before the show. So keep your ear out for what you might think it is during the episode. So you are in Nashville as we speak, right? Currently in Nashville. Yes, I am. And that I suppose this was an obvious move you, being that Nashville is what Nashville is, but you didn't go straight to Nashville, right? You kind of zigzagged around a little bit after leaving Colorado. Zigzagged
0: around, yeah, left Colorado, uh, went to to Los Angeles and thought I could find the pot of gold in Los Angeles and realized it kind of destroys your soul in some capacities. <laughs> so I uh, during, during my stint, I, to kind of back it up a little bit, after Chris Kelly and I actually met uh we did a band thing for a long time he was our manager for a minute which was really cool got us on the air for that the f- too, yeah. you got us on the <laughs> air for the first time and it was like wow we could actually do this thing um and then you know time goes on people have different uh agendas and and we we split up as a band but i just continued and actually right out of college moved into my dad's basement Mm. and he goes you know what i know you love the music thing and i've been an athlete my whole life and our whole family is just a bunch of coaches and teachers and so it was like hey i'm going to be a teacher i know i'm going to be a teacher i don't think there's any possibility to be anything other than a teacher and i thank you again chris i'm telling you why this is so important to me because i got a taste of what it could be And my dad goes, Hey, I'll give you two years. You can move into the basement. I'll help you out. You can can pay for gas in your cell phone bill, but in two years, you're getting yourself a real job. So I'd play bars every single weekend, and I'd try to do these things. And then I've discovered YouTube and started taking Taylor Swift songs and making covers of them and then taking hip hop songs and making covers of them. And because of the way it was, like people discovered who I was. And so... Um, went from like, you know, hundred followers to a couple hundred thousand to, you know, a million and then moved to Los Angeles and tried to do it there and then toured and did the whole thing. And, and then, uh, moved to Nashville cause I got a, a record deal, started learning what it meant to write songs. And I figured that out and caught middle of 2010, 2010 to 2020, like my love for writing music here in Nashville. So I decided, Hey, let's just make my way to Nashville. So it
1: was a label situation that brought you to Nashville.
0: It wasn't. It was an independent deal. I, my first deal was actually with uh, Sony Germany. And it was one of the first ever licensing deals where they, for 11 years, would would be able to license my stuff in their territories, but they'd give me the rights to all of my uh, songs worldwide. Because I, what happened was, Chris, this is the craziest <laughs> part. I, uh, I, I loved that Taylor Swift girl. And I was like, I'll just create acoustic versions of her songs and see what happens. And there was a law in place in Germany called the GEMA law where Taylor had to, or in a bunch of artists, in the United States released music. And then they couldn't release it in other foreign territories, other territories, especially in Germany for a year. And so and that was like at the, the beginning of the YouTube space where people were searching and they knew that she released a record and they search for Taylor Swift and they'd find Tyler Ward. Oh, and so they would find these covers of me doing these things. And they're like, wait a second, we really like him. They started following my original music. And what happened was I booked a show. I remember booking a show in Colorado and selling like 13 tickets. And like, it was a battle of the bands hustle for like my, my parents came and a couple friends and it was just like, <laughs> man, this is hard to be an artist, like passing out flyers and the whole thing. And then the same year after it, it kind of worked on YouTube, I booked the same venue, which was a Hard Rock Cafe in Denver. And because of the traction, sold it out within like a couple hours, which wow. was crazy. So it, it, the, the traction online was working, but a lot of my fans were, were in the United States, but a majority were in Germany. And it was funny because I booked, I was like, well, I'll try to book a show in Germany. So I got a venue for, you know, 500 people and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just go over there and play a show for 500 people, put it on sale. And within minutes it sold out. I was Ooh. like,
1: this is crazy. You're like, you're
0: like David Hasselhoff. I <laughs> was going to say, it's like <laughs> the energy over in Germany was very different than it was in the United States. And so, um, what I ended up doing was then agent reached out, he's like, we you do music we're going to book you and i was like yes yes that's good let's try it. books 12 shows at 12 of 2000 cap venues and uh, puts them on sale and within a couple of weeks the whole thing was sold out which wow. was amazing so i ended up doing a deal with sony germany and because that was my main territory because they were thank god for taylor swift they were searching yeah. for taylor swift and found me which was which was great the um,
1: w- at what point because somewhere between that and that Obviously, with the I don't want to say gaming the metrics, but kind of, yeah, kind of, sort kind of, of smart. Obviously, you I said in the uh, setup that you were kind of like one of the OG YouTubers. When you think about it,
0: OG it, YouTubers, there were people that I were, gladly take that. <laughs>
1: there were people that were sharing videos and stuff, but not really original content. Uh-huh. It was like bloopers and it was like America's funniest home videos on the internet at first videos, baby. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And then people started to figure out, wait a second, I can like make a channel and just be me. And you were Mm -hmm. kind of in that early space. When was there a point where you're like, holy shit, this is a big deal. Did some, was there a pivotal moment where you're like, Oh my God.
0: Well, I remember putting videos out and thinking to myself, well, a long term move for me is I'm either going to be a teacher or I'd love to like record other people. And I'll just practice recording other people. I'll repra- practice my skills as a producer on myself and I'll just really like learn how to sing. Cause singing is, I'm fine at that, but like the energy bringing to the stage is like my favorite thing to do. And um, and if I can just get my music to a place where it's like polished up enough and it sounds good enough and then people like it, then I can go perform and kind of win them over live. So I uh, practiced on myself and I wanted to practice be a producer. And I was like, I'll just do a couple of these hip hop songs. I'll do these covers. I'll put out some of my own original music and then maybe people will find it. And then I remember just being very consistent as an athlete. What I learned that is very different than musicians is, hey, when you start something, finish it and be consistent. And even if you don't want to do it, just finish it. And I was like, okay. And I remember a lot of musicians I've come into contact with, they're like, eh, I don't feel like doing it. So they don't finish anything, even though they're like two or three times better than I am. It's crazy. So I was like, I'll just be consistent. So I started putting these videos out. And there was a moment, it was a year and a half in after I started being consistent, where um I was going from like I learned actually, I learned to sell um it it at that 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 time iTunes, MP3, you know, the iTunes downloads was a big deal. It was 99 cents a download, 129 a download. It wasn't streaming at the time. So what I learned to do was As as traction was picking up, I was able to put my songs on iTunes and get the permission from the publishers. And it used to be a law where it's like, if you wanted to cover a song, because a lot of people have covered music in the past, and they could release it, like Elvis would do a lot of covers of different original songs, like uh, Dolly Parton had a song that she wrote, and then Whitney Houston covered it, and it was the biggest thing, I Will Always Love You. So that's always been a thing, and it's always been a law, you can cover someone's song, as long as it's within 30 days. And so what i did was going i'm going to go the publishers and we're going to ask them if i'm allowed to cover the song within a 24-hour period and release it and so they go well we see that you have traction you're going to make money for our writers so yeah you can go ahead so like bieber would drop a song that night it'd come out like 10 p.m in colorado time and i'd stay up all night cover it do a video and then release my version of it that next day Mm. that would come out within a 24-hour period and be able to sell it online And so I remember a year and a half in, my dad came down and he goes, Tyler, all right, we're going to have to get you a real job. And I said, dad, I got something for you, man. I I, got to show you this. I actually, instead of me getting a job, can I, can I buy your house and I'm going to ask you to leave. And so he packed up and I bought his house and then turned his little basement into a studio and was, was realizing the power of, of socials at that place. So at that time.
1: I would say that uh, buying your dad's house is one of those moments when you, <laughs> you realize, yeah, that's that's a holy shit moment for sure. That was
0: a real moment. I was like, okay, there's real money in this. And I feel like if I just, it's, I felt like it was always going to end. So it was hustle, 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 hustle. And now it's like the standard of what music is now. It's like you have to be a content creator.
1: Well, and actually,
0: that's a, uh, I do have that
1: question. So yeah. the music business as a whole, as someone who kind of figured out that, process and the internet social media self-made approach early on it's certainly before a lot of people did do you think that the music industry is in a better place because of that diy approach or was it better off when you had to kind of work to catch the ear of a label get signed make a record hit the radio do the promo tours and i I see the chuckle on your face i'm laughing
0: i'm laughing because i believe if you would have asked me this question two months ago i would have said it has been so good independent artists levels the playing field it makes it so you can get what you want as an artist and the more you hustle the more like you get rewarded for it i I had a conversation today with a friend of mine actually from colorado which was funny and i'm just like i i can't tell you if the landscape changing has been a good thing because it's so oversaturated and you good artists can sound great and then you get them they get deals and they get signed and they 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 let you down live and then great artists who don't um, know how to you Who are not natural born marketers will never get heard, and they'll stay at the bars because it's it's so oversaturated. And you have these marketing brilliant marketing kids who are like can make themselves sound great um, when the talent is not able to even execute on that level. So you have to be double in a way, like you have to be a brilliant marketer and you have to be a great musician. That's so it. I I don't know.
1: You see, you know, I come across. Uh all kinds of crap and whatever feed of whatever app I'm using. And a lot of it is music (laughs) driven just historically based on what I do professionally. And I guess what I'm interested in online. So the algorithms and whatever, like here's another girl sitting on the floor with a microphone. Here's another guy sitting on a bench with a guitar, like over and over. And everybody that goes by, if I watch it, I think, damn, they're, they're pretty good. And yeah. it's like one after another, after another, after another. So you said that it's so oversaturated now. Is it
0: like, what do you have to do to cut through to the top of the clutter anymore? I don't even know. To me, so this is why Songhouse came about. And I remember and it's so funny thinking like, oh, the old times of 2015, <laughs> like <laughs> the old days, yeah, you're, like. You're an old man now. Yeah, I'm an old man now. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm an OG YouTuber from like that. W- remember the time when it was very fresh and very new and people were searching and discovering and going, Oh wait, I can do this now. And then everybody grew up and goes, Oh, I can do this now. It was like the uh, the number two most views on YouTube
1: this week. Tyler Ward singing this song. The number one most viewed video. The Star Wars kid with the lightsaber. That's how old you are. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Or the guy Chocolate Rain. You remember him? No,
1: I. Uh, we have to, have to look to, it That's up. that's, that's definitely going to happen. We're and we're going to get to the songhouse <laughs> yeah. in a minute because I'm I'm yeah so desperate to know more about it and just totally. since I've been. I, to be honest with you, it popped, the song house popped into my feed without me knowing anything about it. And I was like, what? That's, that's Tyler. What is he? Do? What is this yeah. thing? And then I <laughs> started amazing. to dig into it. And now, of course, I follow along and I'm really intrigued by the whole process. So I want to talk about it in a second. However, yeah, so totally. still totally. getting to present day while prepping for this totally. interview and just kind of catching up on where you've been and whatnot, doing a little Google work. I saw somewhere along the way you were selected by Elvis Duran somehow to be spot lit and
0: you pre- performed on the Today Show? like Today Show artists of the whatever their season was. Yeah, it was like I was doing my tour. Again, I stayed independent this entire time and I only signed with Sony Germany as a licensing right. deal and I had a bunch of different offers from different, a bunch of different labels and I, you may remember this for me and it might, but like for me, it was like all about the experience of if I can learn the business side and if I can learn to hit my head and kind of get to the other side of it, I feel like that'll be so beneficial in the future when like, I'm not an artist because I'm, my window shut. Right. And so it was really important for me to like learn. And I remember, <laughs> I remember making an email of my manager and being the voice of my manager, <laughs> her name was April Presley. And people would be like, Tyler Ward, we want to book him. And I'd be like, okay, so I'm an artist. Now I'm a manager here. Okay. Now I'm a producer here. And it was just like, I didn't even know the traditional music (laughs) space whatsoever. I didn't know the value of a manager didn't know the value of a touring agent, all this stuff where it was just like, I had to wear all the hats. And so, um, that was really important to me just to be able to like, it was like going to school for a few years. Um, and then I literally lost the question you asked me, so I'm going to come back to that.
1: <laughs> Just talking about, uh, I mean, you're in studio with Hoda and Kathy Lee at that point. Yes. Okay. I, I feel like, and I've I've been on the radio and on TV numerous times. Yeah. I don't really get that flapped by that kind of an audience, but I think I might piss myself if I'm singing live on the Today oh. Show. I'm not going to lie.
0: So, so I remember booking this tour, doing my acoustic tour called the Yellow Box Tour, and then I get a, get an email like, "Hey, we'd love to feature Tyler." And so I'm responding as my manager, like, oh, that'd be really cool when he can blah, blah, blah. So booking my tickets, flying out there, I show up at like three in the morning. I, I leave one of my tour dates. I go up there, they sit me in this room and I, I play a live song that I've written for my tour. Um, And then they fly me right back out. And honestly, man, I was so like perplexed by the whole thing and so exhausted. And it, they were so kind. I was just like, and I left, I was like, what just, what just happened? Did I just, and then all these friends start texting like, oh, I just saw you on the today show. And I was like, this is the real deal, man. Yep. This is crazy.
1: It is. Uh, You think about it. It's a long way from your dad's basement or your basement, I long guess, technically.
0: Oh, well, man. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> the uh, I, it, one of the other things, too, I noticed uh, I caught this. So you also and we're going to wander into it's a, somewhat of a somber category here because you also performed on Ellen. Yeah. Uh, With a friend of yours. And I don't know how comfortable you are talking about her or any of that. But I'm talking about Christina Grimmie. Yeah. Who a lot of people uh, obviously know her story that she was on The Voice and was kind of on a rocket ship trajectory. And some uh, stalker type fan sadly took her life in Orlando. And I saw that you had uh, made a song for her after she had passed. But you per- I didn't realize you performed with her on Ellen. You collaborated on some other stuff too, right? Because she was kind of a YouTuber right around the same time you were. Yeah.
0: She was a, she was a YouTuber and she had her own thing, super gifted. And it was cool because it was a small community at the time in that space. And so we really connected and similar kind of faith backgrounds and understood her, her family dynamic a lot. And we just became really good friends. I, and I remember like introducing her to a guy that she was dating and it was just having talks about that. It was almost like an older brother role. Um, and it was a shock. Yeah, it was a shock when like she was gone. It was like, wait, this is re-. and I, and I still am like, wow, that 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 was a moment. I'm not quite sure even how to process still. So, it's been uh, what eight years, eight? something like yeah, that. It's a while. It's crazy to think about. Crazy man.
1: Talk about the the Ellen experience at least performing oh, on again, Chris. I, I, I'm so you, I don't. Man. I wanted to. I, I wanted to I talk you. about Ellen, but I couldn't talk about Ellen without got you. getting over the somber part of it first. But
0: Chris, you're you're very gifted at what you do, man. <laughs> um, I would say, I would say, like you've done this, and you know what you're doing. Um, Ellen to me was another one of those moments where I was like, this this is working, and I'm just here to support my friend but they gave this is the first time ever they were like hey i'm so sorry you can't wear those jeans here's a new fresh pair of jeans i was like yo i look kind of <laughs> fly they're like make sure you're make sure your uh, shoes are open toed i was like or, like shoes are open they're not laced i was like okay wow. like really yeah it was like it was like i was being styled for the first time i was in la, LA hollywood i was like and you're like you you don't know what to do cuz you come straight from colorado basement and right. you go to la and you're like i guess i'm doing this thing and I remember going, the curtain open, and she performed. And again, it, it was another moment where it was so surreal that I looked back and went, "Wait, I think I just blacked out." <laughs> <laughs> so i just was just grateful to be there.
1: So after uh, Ellen, after the Today Show, after the Hasselhoff tour overseas, <laughs> and all that stuff, what yeah. what was it that actually drew you to Nashville then? Because I I have personally a very uh, fond Feeling for Nashville, I love it, and people people generally think Nashville's like a you know it's like a country town, right? It's right. Tim McGraw country. It's not to me. It's a music town. Uh, no matter what kind of music you like, you're going to find it somewhere in Nashville, and seems like the place to be for songwriters. Is
0: that what ultimately took you there? You described it perfectly. Um, there are artists of all genres: hip hop, country, pop. Um, what took me there was writing for my record early on, and I said. Why does everyone want me to win? Why does everybody want that person to win? Why is this not like me versus you, scratch my back, scratch yours? It's like, we're family here. And I was like, this is wild. For the music space and the entertainment space, it's a very rare kind of culture. So I remember thinking to myself, if I ever get to a place where I wanna root down, I feel like Nashville is is my people. And so in 2018, I had a choice to buy a spot in Los Angeles. Um, but I had a trip booked out to just to do some co-writing stuff. And and I was like, you know, I'll go, I'll go look for a place in Nashville because I feel like it might be the right move. And I, and I, I came across the place. And it's like one of those moments where you're like, ah, I don't know if I should do this, but you know, you're gonna. Yeah. And so you make an offer and you do it. And then you pull it. You just you're like, okay, I'm going to Nashville. So I, I I knew I was like, this is my phase of life where I'm going to start rooting down and really staying in one place. And so it was good. At some point, surely along the way, you, so talk about, uh, now
1: we're going to get into the meat of this and talk about the Songhouse a bit. So it's you and who that founded the Songhouse.
0: Well, uh, we, we, it's, it's it's a story. I'll just tell you what happened. So we, I am become an accidental landlord here in town. So I started Put, you know investing in some different properties and then I, I only bought properties i'd live in and then i moved to the next one and i invest and i'm moving the next one but i never sell so i was like i got i got musician friends so i'm a tenant they're my tenants and they're, they're good friends so i have a place downtown and i have three tenants in there at the time one of my assistants he was working for me and then two of my good friends they're musicians as well they're all they booked a writing session all at the same time so a writing mm-hmm. session is you know three or four people to come together they write a song three or four hours and they see if the person's going to release it. They try to pitch it X, Y, and Z. And I just remember as a YouTuber and creator, what I've discovered in artistry is you can be amazing, but perfectionism gets the best of you one. And two, as an artist, you're like, I don't know how to to, to do this. I can write a song, but I don't know where it goes. And so I remember getting in that space and thinking to myself, we've triple booked a writing session. There are 12 or 13 people here who are writers. Um, and no one's going to do anything with these songs. They're going to sit on hard drives and they're not going to finish them because they're perfectionists. So like, this is the assumption I've made because I've right. just seen it so many times. That's not always the case, but for the most part it is. And so I was like, Hey, why don't we try something different? So I just kind of gathered everybody in the room. There was a, there was a 63 year old in the room who was a writer. And there was a 17 year old who missed class to come write. There's a hip hop artist in the room. And it's like, yo, why don't we do something a little bit different? I'm going to pull names out of hat, And we'll give you a topic and we'll give you a time limit because you're a perfectionist. And we'll just see what you come up with. And we'll just put you in these different rooms. So we have four different rooms, four different people or four different groups. Gave them 30 minutes. It's like, all right, 30 minutes is up. Come back. Let's see what you got. And they came up with these hooks. And like three of the four were like, yo, that's those are pretty good. Mm. And I was like, okay, one, this should be a TV show. Yeah. And then two, like, why don't we try this again and see what we come up with? So we invited all our musician, writer, friends, independent artists who were trying, you know, hustling, like the, the barista who's hustling, the forklift driver who's hustling. It's like, Come to the space, like the 63-year-old He's like learning to write songs again. It's like, he. it's just like, come to the space, see what happens. So We did the whole thing again. And Jacob, who is my assistant, super into the TikTok space. I had a YouTuber at the time. This was 2020 when I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's been like six months since I posted. Like, I'm done, blah, 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 depressed. You know, everybody's depressed in 2020. Pretty, yeah, what, yeah. did something happen? Yes. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, did something happen? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't, yeah. I don't so, know. I think out of, the, out of the the dark time for me personally, which was a really, really interesting twist of fate, um, uh, he, he was like, well, why don't we just turn the camera? And I was like, all right, we'll just turn the camera, see what happens. And I'm an audio guy, so I was like, I oh, will just mix it and make it look pretty. Done the YouTube thing for a long time. So we just, we did the whole thing. We did a couple intros, we recorded it. We did it two more times. And it kind of like a stack of videos, like 10 or 11. And then one day um, we were like, we probably should get contracts because this is like kind of special. And so we had four people sign the contract, and those were the only four who like wrote a specific song, and everybody else didn't sign because they're like, we're not gonna sign. We don't know what you're talking about. And we're like, well, we just wanna be able to use your name and likeness and got, not get in trouble just in case. And so we only had one video we could post, and it was like a month later. So we posted it, and it went viral. It was like wow. four hundred thousand streams and like the next morning, and I was like, wait a second, okay, we gotta like we gotta do something. So we we invited the writers back to finish the song that day. And then, because we had producers and writers all involved, it's like we got the fit, the song done within a thirty six hour period, mixed, Ooh. mastered, and up to the distributors, and they released it by that Friday. So this video is out Monday, and the song was out Friday. And so as this thing's gaining traction, people now can go consume the song. And this artist who had nothing going on now has a little bit of a following, and it's like, oh, we want to hear more from this artist. And so it was like, wait a second, this is this is cool. And so people were like, well, what, what I wrote it, blah blah, and and what we've learned in Nashville is. People don't get paid money as a writer unless you have a big song on radio. And so people are like, I don't know what to do because publishing deals are going away. Streaming doesn't pay a lot of money to writers. I mean, it's like nine cents for every million streams divided by the four. So it's like you have two or three million stream song and you're going to get a check for like $20 as a writer. It's Mm -hmm. nothing. It's crazy. So what we decided to do is out of that season of 2020, there was a moment in my life where I was on a park bench, depressed as could be. There have been multiple times where I was just like, I don't even want to be here anymore. And something shifted in me where it was like, this isn't about me anymore. This is about service, genuinely service to other people. And if we can just give, and I had a mentor at the time. He's like, why don't you just try this space where you're just giving and see what happens? And I was like, you know what? Okay. But I was like, but I'm not going to make any money. He's like, try not to worry about it. (laughs) And so for six months, it was just like, how about this? Let's operate as a barbershop. Half of what we make on the songs, we'll give back to the songwriters and the artists, and half of what we make will go to, to to keeping people in the songhouse and just starting this whole thing up. So it's been our model the entire time. There's a guy who had like five or six songs with us that went viral, and he's now getting paid a full time salary just off the song that he wrote. But it's non exclusive, so he wow. can go wherever he wants to outside of these songs. And all we do is partner on the songs that he writes at Songhouse, so we keep it very non exclusive. And we, we really reward our writers because we just want to take care. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about that song.
1: You're kind of teaching or you're achieving the same evac- effect. So really, it's kind of like a full circle sort exactly. of a thing. You're not, not to say you're, well, I'm sure you're teaching some of these artists, the, the younger ones in particular that come in. Yeah. You're really, the whole purpose of teaching is to affect positive change in somebody else's life at the end of the day. Exactly. And you're doing that with the Songhouse. What are, um? it's, it's super cool, super cool idea super cool concept and um your assistant is pretty smart for talking you into getting out the camera and shoot i will say some of the videos that i've seen i think it was the first the first thing that popped up was the video for is it called round hole Is that it? That's the first thing that popped up in my feed. Is that is that what the song was
0: called? I, I, that was a song I was a part of and wrote an artist named Rebecca, who's a rock star, and Dennis. And She,
1: she I will say, she's got some pipes. She's got a
0: thing, man. She's got a thing. Everybody's interested in her, which is really cool. And I remember there were two minutes left on our little timer. No, there were 20 seconds left on our timer. I was like, Dennis, Dennis he's like, uh, he he's a little glasses. He's 63. He's like, uh, square peg round hole. I was like, perfect. That's the name of the song round hole. We get up there and literally within five minutes perform it. And I'm like, this is called round hole. That was the first one in March of last year. We had about 10,000 followers at the time. And as of this podcast date, we're, we're on our way to 800,000 on Instagram, yeah. 1.4 million on TikTok, And then like 6,000 a day on, on Facebook, it's growing. So it's, it's, uh, it's really significant. So that was the first kind of song that, kind of shot us and got us going like every day all right let's put the pedal the metal on songhouse and really make it our full-time thing
1: i just round uh, hole baby i I saw your face pop up on my screen and you said something about this song is called round hole get it girl (laughs) and i was like what what is it when i rewound it i was like tyler Ward. what is that man alive i couldn't i couldn't uh couldn't figure out exactly where i was and what what year it was and what was going on what are, so obviously songs like that, experiences like that, the first one, the big viral yeah. ones, what are some of your more memorable moments since you've had the song house going? Maybe that weren't necessarily big viral yeah. hits or whatever, but some of those special moments where maybe somebody comes back and is like, man, this good happened or that good happened. Yeah, or. I
0: think for me, there was an artist that we've worked with who's, she's fully independent and she'd been hustling for years, five, six years, um, doing her own thing. She was on The Voice and had all these like opportunities, but could can never like make a connect. Um, she was doing 14 plays a day on Spotify and she came through and I was like, just calm and enjoy and whatever. She wrote one song, she wrote two songs and then she came, she's like, I, I just need to go back to bed, like super depressed. She's like, I can't stay. I gotta, I gotta go. And I was like, no, this song is for you. In fact, I made this, this track specifically for you to write to today. And she's like, fine, I'll stay. She got in the room and wrote a song and we put it out and it crushed and it sent her from 14 streams a day, to 96,000 streams a day across all of her music mm. and now she's doing her whole thing as an indie artist like release some videos release some music and kind of has her own brand which is so cool and all the majors and all that stuff are interested so it was just a really cool testament of like if you get great talent in a system that's working it can really like elevate everyone
1: what uh who you mentioned her are you did you intentionally not give me her name or
0: no 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 her name's Kendall Inskeep. she's she we just she was our 2022 like Songhouse girl, and then because she had so much success, it was like, Hey, maybe it's best for you to do your own thing, give other right. people an opportunity. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And then <laughs> I, the craziest part was this year we had nine of the top 21 American Idol finalists on the show. So, like, there were nine artists in Songhouse that were 21, like, top 21 in American Idol.
1: Whoa, that's it, a big
0: accomplishment. It was crazy, man. Look
1: at that. That's actually, you think about it, how. Cool. That really is that you are the song house. You are literally like uh, like a talent scout. That's what I'm saying. You're like uh, Star not Search. even a scout. You're like a uh, <laughs> yeah with with no Ed McMahon, of course. You are a uh, like. A uh, uh, like a, a a minor league team that's getting there them all is. polished up and sent off to the majors. You know, that's kind of cool. Who yeah. are some of the other artists or songwriters you've worked with over the last, or or are currently working with, that you feel like are on the cusp of something pretty big?
0: I think there's a girl. Her name is Wayani. So she was she was top five American Idol, and we put out a song with her, and it was like. When we look at ratios and numbers on TikTok and socials, she had one of the highest performing videos, and it translated so well. Where it did like, I mean, we posted a video two weeks ago, and on Instagram it did like seven million, and it and it increased like her streams on that specific song, Spotify like forty thousand. So it was like, mm. as like an independent artist, she's like free and clear. Um, she has so much leverage now with the majors coming through because she she owns her own music. Well, we own her music with her, but it's like she can make any decision she wants to because she's not locked up anywhere.
1: What what? Because I feel like uh, everything that you've touched has turned to uh, at least real estate. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's turned into something you you you've and I kind of knew this. I don't mean to sound like. Uh, you know, a, a humble brag here, but I kind of always knew, you always, you just always had something. I don't know. I couldn't explain it back then. To, um, I, literally, it's been almost 20 years. Yeah. Right about 20 years. 2003, something like that. Yeah, that's wild. Um, wow. And you've, you've had so many successes along the way, kind of in your own special way that I don't know a lot of people could replicate. So what are you still interested in that you haven't done? Is there anything like and it can be anything whatever floats your boat skydiving uh you know sailing the world i don't i don't know
0: yeah the, the the energy of seeing someone become successful is to me the the thing that makes it special for me is seeing someone live into their full potential especially an artist and knowing like it is possible as an independent especially if you have giftings and someone to come alongside you and not to fall where i fell just to show it's like coaching i love coaching artists to a place where they they believe in themselves because they have it. Um, and then outside of that, man, I bought a farm here in Nashville. So, are, are you growing anything on your farm, like uh, a doing corn? <laughs> Actually, it's it, I guess it's a ranch because I think if I'd grew anything, beets, beets is a good idea. Definitely not, though. Definitely not. Goats, chickens. I, I had a goat and it got away. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I don't. I got two dogs, man. Does that count?
1: That's how you know you're not a very good farmer if you lose your one goat. It's <laughs> probably, probably not in the cards for you, I would it's imagine. definitely not. Part of, uh, part of the podcast. So the podcast is all about people that have uh, really used the internet to their advantage and becoming successful, whether business or just social media or becoming well-known. And you are well-known for uh, the internet in one way, shape, or form. The person behind the persona that people see online. So kind of a segue to that. How much time... Do you spend on like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, not creating content but just watching stuff? Like,
0: wow, what's what's
1: out there? Do you ever? It, can you separate yourself
0: from? So, as a consumer, I am probably online. Does Facebook Marketplace count? Uh well, that's a good question because
1: that's where I spend. My, I'm always looking at boats. I love a good, uh, I love a good Facebook Marketplace. Search. I mean, yeah, let's let's count that. Okay, yeah.
0: I would say two hours a week. Oh, socials. wow. That's yeah, not as I'm much as I
1: would have thought. Okay.
0: Two hours a week, Um, but creating content and making sure our stuff is good and, and all that, th- like looking at our content and make, like, I, I wish I could have been able to not be a creator at some point, right. just to actually see if that would have been true too. Because I try to minimize my time there because it's so, it's so consuming for me.
1: One of my favorite bits about this podcast, I go through the internet and pull a bunch of biographical information from Random sites. I, I avoid Wikipedia, which tends to be closer to the truth than not. But you know the sites I'm talking yeah. about where if somebody Googled, does Tyler Ward have a girlfriend, they're going to get 50 yeah. websites that all oh, 50 claim to them. give you the most up-to-date biographical info. Most of the time so far, these uh, responses and the people that I've asked have been complete crap. So I'm going to throw a few at you. Some of them are usually true, the easier ones, and then some of them are kind of funny. So I'm going to throw, I'm going to give you seven things that I've learned about you on the internet, and you're going to tell me if they're true or false, or how How's far, or how is, close, whatever. Why does this
0: make me nervous, Chris Kelly?
1: I, it is a little, <laughs> it can get okay. a little little dicey, but for starters, true or false, you are a Pisces. I, that is true. Okay, so true. one true. You were born in Aurora Colorado true or false 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 I knew it I knew yeah. it I even had written I'm pretty sure this is false but I, I didn't good. actually say that Another site says that you are quote uh, this I like this I would love to read this about me someday aside from the state part but you are quote one of the richest pop singers ever born in the state of Texas
0: <laughs> I think that's false man I mean <laughs> I think that's you had a false. you had a goat <laughs> you I had a goat you got a
1: place downtown Nashville, and you had a goat. How bad can it be? Right. Uh, but but yes, born in Texas, right? Yes, correct. Born yeah. in Texas. Where were you born in Texas? Houston,
0: Houston. My that dad was remember. a head football coach at Katy High School, which is so football oriented. It's
1: like uh, what was the movie? Friday Night Lights. Well, that was the show. The Varsity Blues oh. is what I was thinking. There you go. So there was go. he? There's was someone. your dad Bud Kilmer?
0: <laughs>
1: Basically, yes. <laughs> Uh, It says here that you attended the U.S. Air Force Academy prep school, then opted to study journalism at the University of Northern Colorado. I know at least part of that is true. Kind of three facts in that one. What's true? What's false? All of it. Really? So all of it's true. U.S. Air Force Academy prep
0: uh, journalism and UNC. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you studied
1: journalism. So that was.
0: And then journalism and then double major in the human communication aspect. So that makes sense. Steve Melton and I met through the communication program and through you. Oh, really? Throwback. Remember Steve? I do. Yeah. yeah. He was He was in that original band oh, mix yeah. as well. He Set was also, yeah. You,
1: yeah, you guys were equally talented in very different ways. Very that much so. He could sit and woo you at the piano and oh, then yeah. Tyler's going to be up in your face making them all go crazy around the <laughs> arena. And it was a good mix there for a while. But was, like you say, was. roads tend to veer off when you least expect it. Uh, next bit you are six feet
0: zero inches tall I want to say true but that's like so close to the truth but so false
1: so false okay
0: yeah I've literally seen
1: that you are 31 years old 34 years old and 37 years old so <laughs> let's just say false on all those false on all <laughs> of them that's kind of what I was thinking okay and this is this is one that I feel like I would know this, and I don't see that this is legit. It says you currently live in Nashville, which I guess they got that. Yeah. With your wife and daughter?
0: <laughs> this is false.
1: Okay, so not married.
0: <laughs> not not married, and I do not have a daughter.
1: Okay, I didn't think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that is, uh, Pisces is true. Yep. Aurora is false. <laughs> Richest pop singers in Texas, we're going to say, is uh, yeah. false. Uh, that one was true, the Air Force Academy, et cetera. Yeah. Six
0: feet, we said... What do we say? True? We're about half inch away. So what does that mean? Yeah,
1: we'll call that one true. So that's we'll call it true. Uh,
0: okay. what? With heels for
1: sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. We'll call <laughs> that uh, four to three. False. Four to three. Kind of a lightning round here. I ask everyone these next few questions. Okay. First one, what is your worst bad habit?
0: Oh my gosh. I eat late night Cheerios, like four bowls of it before I go to bed. And I know I shouldn't. And I keep going until I'm full. <laughs>
1: I right now for me it's crackers with uh some oh, turkey and some every cheese night. every night. Every it's like my after dinner after there dessert. It is.
0: It's the after dinner after dessert.
1: Right. Now I'm going to go get some some deli meats and there crackers. You go, man. It's the worst <laughs> and it is a bad habit. Do you have any guilty pleasures at all like binging a certain TV show or something you can't do without that maybe nobody would know about you?
0: Wow. Um first thing that comes to my mind is I, on a Sunday, and I think, I don't know if this is healthy or not, but I will lay there from the time I wake up and I'll put my YouTube on my my chest. This is where the, the increase of hours happens. Mm-hmm. And I'll just watch show after show after Mr. Beast video after show until literally 8 p.m. And then I'll get a bowl of Cheerios and go to bed. <laughs>
1: Uh just to point out initially when you said I'm gonna put my YouTube on my chest and watch, I was thinking, does he watch his own videos <laughs> on YouTube all, <laughs> all Sunday? That's kind of a guilty pleasure.
0: That's, that's a guilty that's pleasure. That's what I yeah. thought
1: you were angling for at first. So I'm glad you're watching things yeah. like Mr. Beast. <laughs> what uh what music do you listen to when you're not
0: making it? That's a great question. Um I throw on a hip hop playlist for my workouts. Mm. Kind of like,
1: like, like a classic Hip hop, like like nineties, two
0: thousands, like now it's a clean one because the the nephews in town. Ah, um, but but and then honestly too that the the what keeps me fresh is the Spotify, um, um, the new the Friday release one. The oh yeah, right.
1: That the the new stuff that they put out. They
0: they do every a, Spotify Friday. Spotify
1: does a pretty good job of knowing what you like based on yeah. what you've listened to before. I'm, so I'll
0: throw that on on Fridays when I work out and just like oh wow this is a cool song or like why did this one make it? So that helps me just kind of stay fresh though. So.
1: What is a a hobby you might have that surprised somebody who knows you or fans of yours or...
0: I I love building things with my hands. So, like, whether it's, like, a a table or, like, a house or, like... And it's kind of an... It's, like, an OCD cleanliness Mm. kind of thing. So, like, if something is out of... I will go fix it and build it and make sure it's balanced.
1: Do you have... Surely you do. Do you have any celebrities who follow you online anywhere? And yes, what celebs do you follow? Who are some of the uh, stand out to
0: you that follow you and who are some people you follow? So uh yeah, so I found out the other day, someone was like, hey, who do you follow? I was like, or who follows you? They asked this question. I said, Shawn Mendes follows me. And then I looked at his profile account and I didn't follow him. So I just had following back like last week, which was great. And then um Steph Curry follows us on Songhouse. Really? It's like a big deal.
1: I've seen, you know, what's funny too is uh, some of the posts So you know how if there's somebody you follow likes something from somebody else you follow, you see like Tyler Ward and 15,000 other people like this. There have been a handful of more famous-esque type influencer people and like a few actresses and whatnot that I have seen that have liked your Songhouse videos. So I think you're definitely onto something there in the celeb space. Yeah. What is... I feel like this is a dumb question because next for you is um, always what's happening today in a lot of ways. But what's next for you? What's in your near future, longer term goals? All right,
0: We just think to deal with a little company called Omaha Productions and they... Wait,
1: wait. Omaha Productions as in... Owned by
0: Peyton Manning. Yeah. What? Yeah. We just think to deal with them. They're actually flying out this month and we are starting on our two-part we have a doc series and we have a tv show format that we're developing get out yeah, for songhouse
1: now listen so as uh, as a color- one colorado boy to a fellow colorado uh-huh. boy uh four, 4 years uh were enough to make up for the what 12 60, 12 14 years prior that were a complete hot mess as a Denver Broncos fan <laughs> of course talking about when Peyton Manning came to yep. Denver and uh we it was okay to uh, to like him for the first time ever, and uh, that's pretty cool. And he's he's yeah. all in on on Colorado too. It's kind of like a hometown deal. He's
0: all in on Colorado, and it's he's athletic. And their whole motto is just kind of like what's true, and we love to to raise people up. And it just makes we recorded by about twelve different uh, production companies, and he kind of he sent me a video. I sent my dad a video, and I was like, this guy's amazing. So we decided to go with him.
1: Listen, I uh, you had me at. Omaha, Omaha. Pretty <laughs> much, I knew I knew where that was headed. You I don't right
0: away. You there's 11, right away. There's eleven
1: other people. Who? What? I
0: don't. Yeah, exactly. it doesn't
1: matter. Yeah. Uh, to finish up, everybody's got some like go-to wisdom that they whip out from time to time, whether professionally or personally. It's like yeah. your maybe your mantra, but your somebody asks for what kind of advice. Doesn't matter. You you always find a way back to that one block that you can apply to anything maybe somebody gave this advice to you maybe somebody gave you this analogy or metaphor what is that thing for you that one money thought that applies to everything you do and that you like
0: to share with others i think before i even say it i have to preface my the goat that i owned was the guy who rented my space before i left so i just want to clarify i'd never Uh, had a goat oh because what i'm what i'm about to tell you is um In the last five or six years, the the biggest piece to me is always, regardless of consequences, tell the truth.
1: Oh, so see, you came. Simple. Basically, your mantra of needing to tell the truth just ruined my joke that you were a terrible farmer because you lost your goat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I I lost my tenants, too, when I had goats. Oh,
1: I see. Well, that makes sense. Um oh, well, I think that's good advice, and uh yeah. I think it's uh really exciting what you're working on and man I, honestly candidly as much with as much heartfelt emotion as I can apply, I cannot begin to tell you how proud I am watching you do what you've done thank you uh and like i said in in somewhat of a humble braggy sort of way, I knew it, I just knew it back <laughs> I'll never forget we were at Moby Arena in Fort Collins. This was yeah. to, to circle all the way back where we started. It was uh, Tyler and, and a handful of other guys in this band that we put together uh, right around the time we, we met everybody and we had the radio station and we were the radio station was working with, I don't remember who it was. We were presenting a show that was the fray at Moby Arena in Fort Collins, at yeah. Colorado State University. And we got these guys to open for them and this was like 2004 five when the fray was like white hot as they were just coming on the scene. It was like how to save a life and big, big stuff. Yeah, Big sold out show. And I remember being on the, on the floor in the arena down in front of the front row when these guys went up on stage and watching Tyler Ward work a microphone with a hip hop eighties, nineties current medley of stuff and watching the people just completely lose their minds for a band mind you that nobody had ever heard of for a bunch of five four or five guys that nobody had ever seen before was a sight to behold and it was one of those moments where you just knew like man this guy's got something really bright in front of him and I could not be happier that uh, you've found what you've found so far at this point in your life
0: wow well thank you so much Chris that's truly I'm like I'm I'm like back in nostalgia, and I'm like, wow, this is feels right now. So
1: you know, with my gray beard and everything, all of a sudden, yeah, you look good though, uh, man. You
0: still look like you're twelve. I was.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go that far. My scars <laughs> prove otherwise. But I, that oh, yeah, the, yeah. all the gray hair that you can't see because I'm wearing a hat. But that comes from having a two-year-old and a five-year-old. So you and oh, your love your fake wife and daughter that live in Nashville, there, <laughs> you'll be going gray pretty soon as well. Absolutely, man. I uh, I have. Loved every second of this. Thank you so much for uh, thank you Chris. chatting.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Catch up with everything Tyler is working on on all his socials at Tyler Ward Music, and definitely check out the Songhouse Instagram, TikTok, and more at the Songhouse Co. That's the Songhouse C O. And thank you for listening to this episode of Worldwide Celeb.
0: Be sure to like or follow at www.celebpodcast on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you like the show, please leave a positive review and subscribe to stay
1: up to date on new episodes when they're released, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Worldwide Celeb is a Wavecast Studio production, hosted and produced by Chris Kelly, with production and promo support from Adriana Fodero and Justin Simkin. For booking
0: information and more details about the podcast, visit WorldwideCelebPodcast.com.